You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson, and my amazing co-host, Monica. And we are going to have our next quiz. Yes, this is our penultimate quiz for oh. this week. So get yourself ready. Here we go. The image of Daniel 3 was set up on the plane of which of these? There's four options. <clears throat> is it A, Elah, B, Samaria, C, Syria, or D, Dura? Mm. Mm, do you know which one it is, Lawson? Don't look it, at the answer. Oh, yeah, yeah I know it is. <clears throat> okay. So the image of Daniel 3 was set up on the plane of, was it Elah, Samaria, Syria, or Dura? Yeah. Mm. I've been there. Oh, have you? Nah, I oh, wish. No. I wish. I that's like, that's to. like, that's like, <laughs> I love when people light up when you say something like that. And then and the instant crush of like, and um, then you kill it. <laughs> actually, no, not really. But I really, and I, I don't think this is giving too much away, but I really want to go to the Middle East. Yeah. I, I really want to spend time there. Dude, I, I learned Hebrew, bro. I can rock up there and, <laughs> and, and read some stuff. I mean, obviously that would be in Israel, uh, but just to see the sites, yeah, you know, to see to see how the history unfolded, and just to confirm what historians and archaeologists and theologians and biblical scholars can see is that man, the Bible is just remarkably historical. Mm. I just I love it so much because you can see it's like okay, the Bible describes like all of these different conflicts happening. And it's like, okay, they were here and they had a conflict. And they were here and they had a conflict. And I was about to say the place where this happened, but I'm not. But uh, they, they were here and this happened and that happened. And then you can actually plot out on a map. It's like, oh, that makes sense. You know, he didn't, these people didn't travel like thousands of kilometers in like one day to fight a battle here because, you know, this is just like a made up piece of like mythological work. It's like, oh, these are actually places that are all close together. This is an actual historical account. And so, yeah, I'd absolutely love to go. I do wonder the whether or not. <clears throat> like the landscape has changed much in terms of like vegetation and. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's changed. And they can see that. Like, I feel like now it's like a big, dusty, dry, hot place. Yeah. Because it's been one of the most fought over yeah. mm-hmm. um, pieces of land that there is. It's been drastically in fact, uh, affected. In fact, something that I have heard before is that the area, like the Jordan Valley, used to be rainforest. Right. Yeah. They, they found like archaeological evidence. Of, well, in, when they, you know, have that. The, the whole promised landing, they come back with the giant grapes. Giant grapes doesn't sound like something that grows in like an arid desert land. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But unfortunately, we've seen such war and such conflict in that area of the world that it's progressed into what it is now, which is a big, a big old dust bowl. You're listening <laughs> to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Oh, because you think about it well, it's also like very low sea level there, you know, versus like where we were in Ethiopia. Oh, we could talk about all kinds of all kinds of things to do with our planet. It's amazing. Like when we were in Ethiopia, because that was like a bit of a dust bowl, but that was really high altitude versus, versus it's like, why is there a desert that's so low altitude? And it's because, um, yeah, because of all the fighting that has taken place there. I loved this uh, text message that came in after we talked about your, we talked about the 100th birthday and... Um, yeah, um, Diana was like, uh, Diana, Diana, she was like, harsh Lawson, if I was close enough, I'd bring my dog to Monica. Yay, thanks, So even Diana. though you're turning 40 and mm-hmm. not 100 mm-hmm. or 400, mm-hmm. people are still wanting to, you know, bring their dogs and celebrate And I birthday. appreciate it. They're still wanting to get the dogs out. So, guys, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm... 
I kind of want to come to Egypt as well. Am I oh, here? look, you can come if you really want to. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love that. That's so, that's so, um, that's so encouraging. You know, yeah, when you, it's, it, it's, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, can I have the, the last, you know, bowl of spaghetti? And they're like, oh, I guess if you want, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So if I didn't want them, let what me, would you do with the spaghetti? Let me run it by Varney. <laughs> Okay. Well, I just want to go hang out there. Well, no, the reason we decided to go to Egypt instead of doing the because the the railway idea because mm-hmm. I had quite a few people coming to that, mm-hmm. but that was an easy way because like you can't do anything; you're stuck on a train, so there's not any options to do stuff. You all got to sit around and hang out and play, you know, play card games and uh-huh. stuff out the window. But once you're actually like in a city, there's so many options, and you have to try and keep everybody happy because some one yeah. person wants to go to the markets, one person wants to go to the museum, and one person wants to go swim in the hotel pool and so and this little piggy went hard. all the way home yeah that's yeah, right it's, so it's too hard so yeah. i'm like you know if we're doing that style of travel where there's options i gotta like trim, oh, trim off the travelers Tr- yeah trim <laughs> trim the fat i get it. it no i totally agree oh man i one of my favorite things so i love we live here in newcastle newcastle is an amazing city but it's it's okay you know to jump on the train and venture you know your way down to sydney and and see the sights there because it's it's really cheap to mm-hmm. get the train. You get off at Central, you walk around in the middle of the city for the day. And uh, but I've done that in big groups before, and it's just so you get nothing done, right? Moving. You yeah. see nothing, absolutely. So yeah. when I go down there now, it's like <clears throat> maximum four people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four or five, something. When like I that. go traveling overseas, I pref- almost prefer going by myself or yeah. a very small number. If I go in a group, as soon as we get to our destination, I'm like, yeah, see ya, and I go off into my own thing. <laughs> I just pack in so much more. Like I'm like, I can see you at home. I can't see like the pyramids at home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can on TV. Right. Yeah, that's right. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith <laughs> FM, and we're going to get into our Bible study this morning. Of course, you guys have been sending lots of correct answers in for, yeah, for the quiz. Yeah, killing Really the quiz killing today. the quiz. Hey, if you have any thoughts, <clears throat> comments, you know, you just want to let us know what what did you do or, or what did you do for your 40th birthday? What, or, or any big birthday. birthday what was your yeah. biggest birthday bash? Oh, I'd love to get some ideas. If everyone yeah. just send me like their what they did or what they would have liked to have done. So I was actually in the Middle East on one of my birthdays. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, for my 16th birthday, I was in Dubai. Oh, sweet but 16 we, in the Middle we East. Did, it wasn't a location birthday there. We just had a layover there. I was, to be there. I was coming back mm-hmm. from Europe and we ended up extending our layover into like, you know, 30 hours so we could stay in it. And so we stayed in Atlantis <laughs> the Palm, which is oh, like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the crazy hotel that's on a you know man-made palm tree. And... So we got the cheapest room there, which was mm-hmm. like still a couple hundred dollars a night. And they looked at my passport and they saw it was my birthday. And they're like, it was a time that isn't necessarily hugely touristy. It's in October, yeah. which is, you know, not like at, at that time. It's it's kind of, it's an in-between season. And they were like, hey, we're going to upgrade you to a junior suite <gasps> for free. Oh, which fun. Is, which is like a $2,000 room per <laughs> night. This is in 2014. It was... I'm oh, hoping that happens to me. Absolutely. I'm, nah, I'm, I'm determined to do all my big birthdays overseas. I did my 30th in Fiji. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. No, they're just going to rob you. welcome to egypt (laughs) you're listening to the breakfast show and this is our final day of talking about the three cosmic messages and talking about well the three angels message of revelation chapter 14 and i want to talk about just just one of the the greatest aspects of the three angels messages something to be focused on something to be absolutely understood about this message that jesus has given to the world at the very end of time and the foundation that it's built upon we're going to be reading a 
bunch of verses here. We've just got lots of verses from the book of Revelation. So if you want to start for us, we're going to go to Revelation 5 in the beginning. If you want to go to Revelation 5, and we're going to pick it up in verse 6. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 6. I'm reading for the NKJV, and it says this. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the world. Oof. This verse is pretty wild. It's incredibly dense. That's some imagery right there. With imagery. And that imagery of the 24 elders, the four living creatures, these are things that are, you you could do like a huge Bible study just on this verse alone and Mm -hmm. and go, okay, who are the the 24 elders? Who are the four living creatures? Uh, You know, why is there seven horns and seven eyes on this lamb? And and why is he standing in the midst of the elders? Slain. Slain and whatnot. But I think our great focus today, and that, that is a, an amazing Bible in Bible study in and of itself, and you, if you want more information about it, just text us and let us know, and we'll be able to send you down the right tracks and the right directions. But we see that standing in amongst all of this imagery, the centerpiece of the book of Revelation, and that is the lamb that is slain, mm. uh, who is none other than Jesus Christ himself. Let's read some more verses. Do you want to head down to verse 8 in Revelation chapter 5. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Mm. And verse 12, if you want to read that for us as well. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Mm. So there is this wholesale worship, this imagery of wholesale worship in heaven of this lamb or of Jesus. Now obviously this is written symbolically. This mm. is this is symbolic Bible prophecy. This is a metaphor. There isn't, you know, when Jesus goes to heaven, he doesn't look like a lamb with seven eyes and seven horns and and whatnot. Um this is in the light of again John writing about him from a yeah, from a metaphorical aspect. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. And it ultimately portrays Jesus as our Redeemer. Now, he's opening the scroll, and it would be in the same passage in Revelation chapter 5, where it says, worthy is the Lamb to be worshipped and whatnot. But it also says, worthy is he to open the scroll. Mm. You know, no man can open this scroll Mm -hmm. except for the Lamb. And it's like, oh, what's it talking about here? Maybe you've never had any experience in the book of Revelation. You know, what is all this symbology getting at? Well, what is it with this Lamb and the scroll? And that everyone's worshipping him because he's opening it. And that scroll is essentially the book of life. And the Lamb is the one who has the ability to open the scroll and to open the book of life because he is the one who has provided salvation for those inside of the book of life. Without the slaying of the Lamb, without the sacrifice of Jesus, there is no salvation. There is no plan. There's no, well, there would be a great controversy, a battle between good and evil, but ultimately evil would win. Yeah, we'd be lost. Uh, Because, and you could say, oh, well, you know, evil could never win because God has the ability at any time to destroy evil. But the amazing thing that we see about God is that he has sacrificed self um, in order that he might save those who have 
become evil, who have become sinners, and who have become lost. And this is the central idea that leads to worship. Now, we've talked plenty on our study so far about how the reason, one of the biggest credentials, the reason that God is to be worshipped is because he's the creator. He That is the, like... The, the number one credential that enables him to be worshipped. And we even said, I, I think it was earlier this week, I said, even if Jesus was our savior, if he wasn't God, he couldn't, if he wasn't, sorry, a creator, then he couldn't be worshipped. Like, that is the fundamental uh, foundation of the, that enables our worship of God. God is the only one who, you know, should receive worship because he is our creator but we see here they say worthy is the lamb to open the scroll and it shows this other aspect of like oh god here jesus here who has those credentials as creator has also gained the credentials of redeemer as well and so we see here like despite god being our creator and then us going through sin which could lead us to again if 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 the outcome of the of sin and the great controversy was that oh humanity just completely dies out and no longer exists. Well, there, there would be no people to, to be there worshipping him. There, there would be nothing to worship him over in that regard. But they're like, even more so worship God. Why? Because he has sacrificed himself for us. He is the lamb slayed from the foundation of the world. He has provided salvation to all. Let's continue to read these passages. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 17, if you can get that for us. Revelation <laughs> 7 verse 17 says this <clears throat> for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water and god will wipe away every tear from their eyes mm, absolutely uh so again we see this lamb here at the center being active and in, in well as it describes here wiping away the tears from their eyes and this is also a scene that we see towards the end of the book of revelation which is that Essentially, God is wiping away tears from people's eyes because he has brought an end to sin. Mm-hmm. And coming back to Revelation chapter 7, it's, again, a similar scene. He's wiping the tears from their eyes uh, because he has brought an end to sin and pain and death and suffering. Uh, Revelation 14 and verse 1, if you could get that for us. We're, we're doing a full survey here. We're, we're working our way right through. Revelation chapter 14, verse 1, if you can get that for us. Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Now we see, again, the people who bring these three cosmic messages to the world, or these three, the three angels' message, um, that, you know, this everlasting gospel that, that comes to the world, that we've been studying all throughout this, this quarter, we see that they're standing with the lamb. They're identifying with the land. They're, they're, they're standing with him. They're following him. They're walking with him. Um, they are on the Lamb's side. Uh, let's continue to read Revelation chapter 15 and verse 3. Revelation 15 and verse 3. Let me just load that. Here we go. Mm-hmm. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the Saints. Mm. Now it brings up the song of Moses here, and it's like, oh, why would they be singing the song of Moses? You know, this is the end of uh, the <laughs> the end of sin. You know, mm-hmm. this is the the freedom of the world into you know uh, a 
time in which there's no suffering. Yeah, Moses is a pretty significant figure, but why are they singing his song? Uh, and the answer is ultimately like the same experience that the Israelites had of emancipation that was enabled by God, right? They were freed from slavery, the, from the slavery of Egypt. They, these people who are standing with the lamb at the end of time are worshiping the lamb um, and they're singing the song of Moses, which is also called the song of the lamb because that song is all about freedom and it's all about emancipation. It's all about what the lamb has done to save his people and the freedom that he has provided through his own self-sacrifice. Mm. Let's go to Revelation 19 verse 7. We're, we're racing through Revelation 19 and verse 7 says, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Oh, this is, this is awesome. I, I love this. The lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Now, the wife of the lamb is God's church. people, the church. Uh, so yeah, essentially those who, are identi- who identify as God's people mm. is his wife. It's usually these people who... Uh, what we see throughout Revelation is that people who congregate together in a religious sense are called a woman or it's a representation of a church. We know that we have a uh, a harlot that represents people who are standing against God. And then here we have this, you know, wife of the lamb that is standing with God. And I, I love this imagery as well because it's ultimately showing that, again, you know, we read verses in the Bible like... Um, Husbands, you know, love your wives and, and you know, the, the consistent advice that the Bible gives to live up to the honor of being a husband and protecting your family and providing for your family and, and being that person. You're almost sacrificing your life to be here. That's right, being that cornerstone of the family. And who better to take on that imagery onto themselves than Jesus? Amen. Because he has truly done everything. He really did sacrifice his life. He, them, yeah. he in, in the realest sense, you know. Um, and the benefit that comes from, say, a husband um, being in that sacrificial position in his family or being in that cornerstone position is that he is supported by his family and vice versa. You know, that's, there's that support that is, uh, the relationship. Yeah. yeah, That, that cycle of a relationship going on. Whereas for Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross very much, you know, and being killed by the humanity that he is dying to save, you could say, man, Jesus at that time saw, probably saw no benefit out of what he was doing, but ultimately, um, he is finally receiving that benefit at the second coming because he is being able to reunite completely with humanity in a context where there is no sin, pain, or suffering. Let's read a couple more verses. Revelation 21 and verse 22. Revelation 21 and verse 22. Uh, says this. Once I find it. Mm-hmm. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And do you want to read 23 as well? The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Oh, Absolutely. Wow. And so we see here that yeah, there's no need for sun or moon. Now, 
you know, people have speculated, it's like, oh, there's no days in heaven and, and whatnot. Uh, I, I think ultimately what this is getting at, again, this is very symbolic language. It's just that, hey, there are also people have said there's no night in heaven. It's like, when am I supposed to go to sleep? You know, it's just going to be light all the time. But, <clears throat> I love naps. When I have a yeah, nap. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Like I can't close the blinds and get away from the light. It's going to be so bright all the time. I think what this passage is ultimately getting at is that the lamb is like God's presence is with his people mm. from this point forward we see as you know god moves upon uh, this watery rock that is the earth in the creation the beginning the first day of creation is let there be light and he defines the boundaries and the space that is around earth and then we see by the fourth day that he fills that space with you know the sun and the moon and the stars but essentially we see god declaring his presence within the three-dimensional uh, you know, material world that he has created and designating a space in which he will create on. And it's like, we have been living in this era of sin in which, you know, God's presence has been devoid in this world because sin is here. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Now it's come to my understanding that we had a drop in communication uh, for a little bit there for a couple of minutes and we have for the most part come back on air i can see we've got 124 signals back up which is a lot Ooh. which is like the majority of them so hey you're listening to the breakfast show if we dropped out sorry about that but uh essentially we were just going through and just talking all about the lamb and what the lamb's up to yeah and you can jump on our podcast and catch up on those couple of minutes you missed out on absolutely monica you have to give us our final quiz for the day yes the last one you got do you know what we've had so many messages for our quiz but not much on anything else i think people are so focused on winning this bible as they should be this is the last opportunity up your chances here we go how many days did god take to create the world okay this is this is guys this is (laughs) You might have never read the Bible before, but you should probably know this answer. 0491-064-669. And we want to bless you with an amazing prize as well of a Bible, of a really nice Bible. If you haven't answered all week, today is your chance. And we've had people who have answered in on the last question. And been the winner. And been the winner. How many days did God take to create the world? We'll be drawing the prize after the next segment. Absolutely. 0491-064-669. Six six nine. Well, if we drop for a little bit, let's pick it up. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 21. And if you want to read for us verse 22 and 23. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Mm, absolutely. So we see here that the Lamb is the light of the temple in heaven. And we were just briefly commenting while the signal was dropped out that uh, essentially, you know, this isn't necessarily a commentary on the fact that there's no nighttime anymore or like in the entire expanse of the universe, uh, there there won't be darkness. Mm-hmm. But rather that God's presence or the Lamb's presence is now fully with his people um that light that again god defines that space of dwelling in the very beginning of time at the beginning of the book of revelation he says let there be light and he defines a space in which humanity will live and where god's presence in a three-dimensional world in the three-dimensional world in which we have it 
It's like, yes, my presence will be here interacting with you. And then, you know, he fills that space with the sun, moon, and stars then on the fourth day. But um, at this time, it's like, yeah, God's presence is, is really there with us. Um, and now we're going to read our last couple of verses here. Revelation 22, and if you can pick it up in verse 1. Revelation 22 and verse 1. Let me just turn that on my digital Bible. Just before you read, we got a text message coming in from Alan. He says, morning, guys. Excellent time to play Worthy is the Lamb. Wink, wink. And I think that last song was pretty. It's not necessarily Worthy is the Lamb, but it's pretty on point here. Andrew Peterson, is he worthy? But yeah, read that verse for us. Revelation 22, 1 and 3. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And then three, if you can get that for us. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Oh, did you know I have drank, or drunk, or drankin', drank, 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 is that? Drunk. Drunk. I have drunk the second second tastiest water in the whole world. Oh, New Zealand? No. It's actually here in Australia. Are you serious? Yeah, in Marysville. Australia, down in Victoria. So I used to wh- live there. Where the bushfires happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marysville, Victoria. It has the second tastiest water in the whole world. Yeah, well, I lived there and I had to live on bottled water, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. Why did you have to live on bottled water? <laughs> because the water around the tap was brown. Oh, okay. You, no, nah, you didn't have the good good. Yeah, I didn't know about that. I you, you didn't have the you didn't have it set up to come from like the particular. They have yeah, a reservoir no, I I didn't. where they have the best, best, best. The tastiest water. water I ever had was from New Zealand. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, so they have this water there. It's amazing. We see this water proceeding from the throne of God, and I assume that it is a lot tastier. Or it's just water. I just love a good cup of water, dude. Yeah, when you're really thirsty. Oh, it's just the best feeling. Dude, being like eight years old and like running around on the oval all day and then coming up and drinking from that bubbler, it's like... From the hose. Oh, man, I've never been so addicted to a substance in my life. And it's one that you should be addicted to because without it, you will die. But um, they have this water. It's preceding from coming out of... or Proceeding from, sorry, the throne of God and running down the river of life. And, you know, this is this is the, the water of life that will be a blessing for us. And, and on either side, you've got the trees of life and, you know, that water, it gives nourishment to those trees and we eat of those trees of life and those are the things that enable us to have eternal life. Uh, again, here on Faith of Home, we're very much about uh, the concept of conditional immortality, that we don't have an, an innate immortal soul, but God is what enables immortality in us. And it's, again, through eating that fruit of life that we are made an immortal. So we see here that even like post-sin, post-second coming, post-heaven, and into eternity, we see that God is still sustaining his people. Jesus is still sustaining his people. And so we get this image of Jesus from the very beginning. It's like, okay, you know, Jesus, he's the word in the beginning. He's the one who enabled creation to take place. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's provided redemption for his people. And then finally, he is the ultimate sustainer for the rest of eternity. Jesus really is the center of the book of Revelation. And I'm sure I didn't have to go through all of those verses 
to show you that because you read the first couple of verses of the book of Revelation, it says, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. But what we see is that this information shared in Revelation, whether about the mark of the beast, whether about, you know, these political entities are going to be working on the world, whether it's about the plagues, whether it's about all of these different things, the center of these ideas from the Bible and in this information is Christ. And it's actually Christ-like then to understand it, to come to, you know, some some position of knowledge about it and then to share it with others. And that's what the three angels' messages is all about, that Jesus is at the very center of everything that has ever happened on this earth. Creation, redemption, so, you know, sustainment into eternity. Jesus is at the very center. And this message that we have for people at the end of time, you know, worship God and give glory to him. Don't receive the mark of the beast. Babylon is fallen. It's all about enabling people to have a relationship with that same Jesus, with the one who has given all things, who has done all things, and who is as well all things. As the Bible says, he is the alpha, he is the omega, he is the first, the last, and the king of kings. And we sit here as the total recipients of that reality, of the be- as the benefactors of that reality. You know, what Jesus is offering to us is so robust, it's so powerful, it's so amazing. And we are in a position where we are called to accept. This is where we are. And that is the outcome of the three angels' message. That is the outcome of the book of Revelation. And more broadly, you could even say reading and understanding the Bible is Jesus is there with a handout and as, well, the biblical imagery that it gives in the book of Revelation, he's standing at the door and knocking and he is trying to come into our hearts. You know, he is trying to live with us, have an experience with us. For now, you know, as the Bible says, we see through a mirror dimly, but then eventually in heaven for eternity where we are experiencing his full presence within our life. And guys, that is what we want. That is what I want. That's what Monica wants. That's what producer Shell wants. That's what plenty of you want. I, you know, I was really uh, blessed by the text message from Alan yesterday. He's just like, I just want Jesus to come back this afternoon. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's get out of this place. Let's let's blow this popsicle stand and go to heaven and just spend time with God. Hey, we're going to continue on with the show. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. That was. Halal Music with All To Us, which is super interesting name. I was like, oh, wow, Halal Music. It's not spelt Halal, like as in Halal Foods, but halal. yeah, it must be like a last name or whatever it may be. Hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show, and look, we've just come to the time where we we spin that wheel. We spin that wheel and we give out answers and prizes. Absolutely. So let's do that now. Shell, if you can spin that wheel for us. Right, but we don't have sound, so you're going to have to do some sound effects. Oh, okay, okay, I got this. I got this. It's too easy. Go lo- uh, I'm going to do my impersonation of the wheel. You ready? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we've got a winner! <laughs> hey, 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 
that's the other sad effect of the wheel, right? So that, <laughs> I, I think that was up to standard. I think that was up to par. And congratulations to George. You have won our amazing prize for this week of the journal, the word reference study Bible. We'll get, send that out to you absolutely for free. Uh, and hey, Monica, let's get some answers. And once again, he only answered question number four today. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. It's like we rigged this quiz for that to happen. <laughs> we so. do not rig the quiz. Thank you very much. Don't, don't put ideas in people's heads also. Wow, this sounds, like, this sounds like Quizgate. Huh? <laughs> 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 Let's. We will not implode upon ourselves. Let me give you some answers to the quizzes. Awesome. Who helped a eunuch to understand a portion of the book of Isaiah? It was Philip. Uh, filling in the blank of Hebrews 13, verse 2. It was, do not be... Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Mm. Where did the Pharisees claim Jesus got his power from? They were claiming it was from Beelzebub. The image of Daniel 3 was set up on the plain of Dura. And how many days did God take to create the world? The answer was six. He rested on the Sabbath, on the seventh day. Dude, the entertaining strangers. Now, this is a Bible verse that I've been aware of since before I was a Christian. Like, I was going to school and I was in a religion class where they were teaching about, like, how to, you know, treat other people well. And even if you don't know them, even if they're not, like, your best friends, you should, you know, treat other people well. Mm -hmm. And this was the verse that they used. And they were, I think I was in year seven at the time. And they're like, yeah, you know, because, like, you could even be entertaining angels, you know. And, And they used that verse as well. You know, Jesus saying um that those things that you've done to others you've actually done, done unto me, me. Yeah. you know you visited me in prison and whatnot but when i read this passage like entertaining strangers i thought like oh wait entertaining strangers like do i like show them a movie or <laughs> cute. Um, do i like is it like a talent show maybe or... lawson's got no idea yeah i was yeah, i was yeah. well i was actually like 12 <laughs> so i wasn't i wasn't that young but i was like entertaining strangers of course you come to the point in life where you realize that that word it talks it's still actually talking about hospitality oh okay so oh, yeah, yeah being yeah. hospitable mm-hmm. to people um regardless of background and we we see uh, a story that unfolds in the bible of abraham accepting these these men who are dressed in robes of white into his house and there's three men there there's two in robes of white and there's one who seems to be their leader and he accepts them in and they spend time together and they eat together and whatnot and it turns out that these two two of the men are angels and one of them is jesus oh wow which is just such an amazing story it's like he's literally eating with jesus eating with god he's you know this is again very very much bc story but jesus has manifested himself before him and yeah it's super Super interesting. But also we see here, oh, one of my absolute favorite stories, uh, the book of Acts, the the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch, which of course was the historical origin of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, which you know we were we were able to see firsthand in Ethiopia when we were standing spending time there. Such an incredible experience seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, we see there a Christian tradition that comes like immediately out of the apostolic age and it's interesting for literally thousands of years or for like 1500 1600 years um the ethiopian orthodox christians were the longest sabbath keeping church Mm. because again their tradition of their faith came immediately out of the apostolic era where christians were keeping the sabbath and it wasn't until the 16th 17th century when uh the jesuits came along and actually, you know, influence them to change the day. Now they keep they keep both days in Ethiopia. They keep Saturday 
and Sunday if you're an Ethiopian Orthodox. But yeah, we see this long-standing Sabbath uh, tradition there and keeping of the Sabbath as well. And we also saw Daniel chapter 3, the plains of Dura, where they set up the statue and they're playing the songs and the music and everyone is bowing down. But I love in that story that we we see like one of the early movements of protest there and their movement of protest isn't that they, you know, go and fight or, you know, take up arms or, you know, I don't know, do or lay on the ground or, you know, and, and make people feel bad about eating meat or something like that. It's rather that they stand for what they believe in. They say, this is who we are. This is our convictions. This is how we are going to live. And if you try to kill us as a result of this, go for it. Do it. Like, kill us. But we'll be standing for God. We're unwavering in our decision to follow God here. And, and Jesus actually saved them. Jesus is standing in the fire with them. Great stuff. You are listening to The Breakfast Show. George sent us in a text message. He says, hi, team. Did I just win a Bible? If so, praise God. I've been looking to buy a study Bible for our foster son, Zane. Wow, God is so good. That is an epic. That is text message of the week. Well, I know we gave it out yesterday, but this... Sorry, sorry, no, Alan. No, the title being taken, taken away. <laughs> I love this text. What's wrong with this? Okay, the other one's funnier, but, but you know, because it was like, uh, the other one was that, you know, if I wanted to see disorganization in rugby, then I would just look towards, you know, Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel. But, I also thought it was funny that George, uh, George, the, he, the, the one that he played was the answer Dura for the, uh, where the, where the statue was from was basically part of his own name. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, congratulations, George, and, and to your foster son, Zane, as well. Hey, hey do you know what? Everyone who missed out, don't stress. We have so much to give away. Jump on the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au, and head to the right hand side of the landing page, and you will see Faith FM's end of financial year giveaway. There's only seven days left but there is 16 ways to enter there's a long list you'll see them all listed there ways to um to enter the secret code for the breakfast show by the way is wheat bix i just clicked on the top one the top one is answer a question and they have examples like tell us what your favorite show is who your favorite presenters are it's mom uh why you listen to faith fm how faith fm makes you feel yeah, etc <laughs> So I, jump on there and get everyone, yourself some merch. Cheers, Mon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Guys, have a fantastic weekend. Have a fantastic time worshipping God. And remember, as you go throughout this day, to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Counsels guide uphold you with the sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.